With breaking news, I'm Chuck Thompson. Apparently there was another Democratic debate last night and latest reports coming in this morning is no one knows what the hell is going on. A socialist with three houses is leading. Biden was stroking out and plummeting as the night went on. And Bloomberg is quite possibly dirtier than Trump. Which one will beat Donald? Stay tuned to find out. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what's going on, all of our liberty-loving friends out there? Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm the host, the one and the only, the best host there is in the world, Charlie Thompson, Chuck Thompson, whatever you want to say. I don't know who the guy at the beginning was, but, you know, that was maybe, Chuck. A, maybe a relative. Yeah. It wasn't me. It wasn't Charlie. That was Chuck. Yeah. 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 You're Charles Lawrence Thompson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I'm visiting on the show today. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. I really appreciate it. My name is Nate Thurston. It's always great when you join the show. Yeah. Nate. It's always a good time. Yep. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. You're, you're, on, you're on almost every single day. Even, it seems actually. like I'm on almost every single day. Way more shows than you've been on, actually. But uh, In all seriousness, let me, let me be serious for a second. I couldn't do the show without you. So <laughs> I, I do appreciate you, and I like taking friendly stabs at you <laughs> and i pretend to be the best even though i know i'm not it hurts every time although i know i'm the best because i hire people i hire people better than me which yeah. makes me the best you're a true business owner <laughs> you sit on your couch while while your workers well, and being, you make widgets yeah i'm just making <laughs> widgets well this is the good morning liberty podcast once again this is nate and charlie we talk about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning today we're going to talk a little bit about the democratic debate from last night democratic debate number 317 by last count i'm pretty sure they only had 34 candidates up there so it won't be as long of an episode as it there normally was a is. new candidate joining the debate stage for the first time last night new person up there finally yeah. paid someone the right amount of money to make it up there on stage so right. uh, we got to hear from him kind of last night and uh yeah guys subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on our website we greatly appreciate it but man what would what we would even greatly appreciate <laughs> is if you subscribe to the podcast yeah. on your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review five stars if you think it's worth it don't leave a rating and review if you think it's worth less than that thank you <laughs> so and good morning liberty is all about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning and also we teach you proper grammar here because yeah. there's nothing we want you to there's talk. nothing more good than we, how we talk we want you to talk good okay <laughs> that's just right you yeah. ain't got no reason to be talking not good out there well we're a bunch of southerners here from nashville tennessee's just a bunch of hillbillies that's made right. it down here to nashville <laughs> you know we don't know a thing about the world whatsoever never been there never been to the world before so uh hey hey well hey. apparently it's flat I, that's what I heard. I, the last, some people, last YouTube video uh, I looked up, it made pretty compelling <laughs> evidence that it was, in fact, flat. Now, last time I was on an airplane, it seemed like maybe it wasn't. But, hey, I, I don't know. Technically, I had not measured it. I've, I've not done it. And, you know, I was listening to Alex Jones last night. And <laughs> <laughs> which that's is a where great we, way to, to introduce <laughs> all of our ideas. Which is where yeah. we get most of our news. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually listened to him ever before. I have. I've listened to a few clips. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite 
It's quite interesting. All I, you know, my alarm in the morning, it goes off and it just says, wake up America. And that's how I just get up. That's, that's it. You know, it's time so, to wake up. Yeah. So we got a couple news stories. I mean, a lot of stuff from the debate. We have one, two, we got nine, 11 clips from last night's debate that we have to talk through today. Probably won't do a two-hour episode like we did yesterday, but hey, go check out yesterday's episode. We filled you up with 192 episodes now with the Good Morning Liberty podcast, so take the 192-episode challenge, and next week, let us know what you think. You'll have to listen constantly all the way until like Wednesday of next week, probably, to let us know what you think. I haven't done the math on that, but uh, Bernie Sanders says it's Wednesday of next week, and uh, I mean, you got to trust his math because (laughs) it's never wrong, never off whatsoever. So go do that. Take the 192 episode challenge. That way you can be up to date like everyone else. Do you ever, did you ever go to one of those bars? Well, you know, previously you were an alcoholic. Yep. So (laughs) if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. Um, cause nobody's perfect. Stop judging people. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> nobody's perfect around here. I've got plenty of bad stuff. I haven't told people about, <laughs> but, but it reminds me, have you ever been to like, um, oh, what's the one here in Nashville? I can't even remember it now. The flying saucer. Yes. And they had like 180 something beers. And once you tried them all, <clears throat> they're all got, good. You got a plaque on the wall. Yeah. They're all good. Yeah. They all taste like beer. Yep. Yeah, wow, this I, one this one has some hops for in those it. stupid non-alcoholic beers those are all terrible yeah <laughs> last time i checked and actually you know i'm a pretty good connoisseur of non-alcoholic beers now yeah i'll tell you what this is no paid advertisement and the, their their company does not agree with our views or has not told us whether or not they do but heineken's double zero if you're looking to quit being a degenerate drunk you should go check out heineken double zero because it tastes it, just as terrible as Heineken does, <laughs> but it it's tastes the same piss water. It tastes like <laughs> it tastes like the real thing. So, so go check that out. When I went on a cruise uh, without Charlie last year, <laughs> I I was just drinking Heineken Double Zero the whole time, and it felt like. I was sober the whole time, but I was ingesting a lot of carbs, which makes you feel differently and like kind of gross. So that was really the only feeling I got from it. But yeah. you were able to drink with your friends, I your just, true friends that you went on the cruise with. You know, the entire goal, <laughs> I found out my entire goal of the drinking was really just to be holding a cold glass bottle next to other people. And to wet your whistle yeah, when as, it needed to be wetted. <laughs> as long as I'm holding a cold glass bottle that I can take a drink of after I make a funny joke then it really doesn't matter if it has alcohol in it whatsoever right? at all. So yeah. it fulfills the purpose. You could put grape juice in a wine glass. Yeah. Yeah. Even sparkling. They did do that for, I used to do that for New Year's Eve. Yeah. But anyway, the whole point of this was if you take <laughs> the 100, 192 episode challenge, maybe you'll get a plaque yeah. on our wall. If you, yeah, if you take the one and you have to pass a test afterwards, the test is on our website, goodmorningliberty.us. <laughs> You go to our website and take the test to make sure that you actually did listen to all 192 episodes. And after you pass that test, you will get your own very special um, certificate in the mail that says, thank you. And it'll have a promo code for 5% off our merch store. So <laughs> you, you go ahead and do that. Yeah. Man, I had to get some funny stuff out of the way because in reading this article about Jeff Bezos, and this is not the same article we did in our, in our extra episode, our exclusive episode that we put on Patreon a couple times a week and, you know, an extra 20, 30 minute long episode, this is not the same article we went over. No, I found an even more infuriating article that came across my news feed today. 
about just how terrible it is for the world that Jeff Bezos has donated billion is is putting forth ten billion dollars to help solve climate change. And man, is this a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing if you're someone who only wants the government to have all money and, and be the person who is in charge of spending all money. So if that's your worldview, if your worldview is that the government owns all money first and foremost, and they allow you to keep whatever percentage they allow you to keep, depending on what administration is in office, if that's your worldview then you do not like the fact that Jeff Bezos has done this because literally in the article we read yesterday, what did they say that it was going to deprive the government of tax money if this is a tax write-off for him? Like, what's the point here? Do you actually care about solving climate change whatsoever? Is that your goal? Is some of the money you were going to take from Jeff Bezos, would that not have to go towards the $9.3 trillion additional per year Green New Deal? It's like like arguing that Elon Musk and SpaceX or Jeff Bezos and Blue Blue Horizon or whatever. Origin. Origin, sorry. I, I was confusing Origin and Horizon. Yeah. It's like arguing that those two companies, it's better, it's better off that we get rid of SpaceX and we go back to NASA. Well, yeah, this is depriving NASA. Right. Of what they're trying to do. No. Even though Elon Musk has accomplished the same thing with a tenth of the cost. Tenth of the cost. It would be better if we stole all of Elon Musk's money and then gave it to NASA so that they could spend 90% more. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that, like somehow that's better. And be worse for the environment. Because last I checked, uh, you know, the Air Force started sending crap into space in what, the 50s? We went all the way through the 50s, all the way up and, until Musk started sending things up with SpaceX. Two years ago. We were just dumping things into the ocean and, and having to rebuild the rockets afterwards. And uh, Musk told his workers, his his people, uh, that he's not paying a livable wage while he's sitting on the couch. He told his people, I want you to imagine that you have a pallet that has $35 million on it and it's falling from the sky. He's like, I would like you to find a way to save that pallet. And that is a mentality that the government does not have whatsoever because they can just steal a new pallet of cash yeah, from you. There's no incentive for the, to care. No reason. And if they don't, if they end up saving that pallet of cash, then their budget gets reduced. Yeah, that's it. So they, they want to make sure. It. Yeah, they don't want to save it. Yeah, they don't care about the fish. The fish be damned. So let's talk sea about sea turtles can get stuck in the rocket. We don't care about them. Could Here, you imagine a rocket going through a sea turtle's nose? <laughs> like they I do? don't think that would, you know. Like the, I'm, I'm I thinking don't of a think funny. He would make it. Think of a funny cartoon. Yeah. You know, like the straws. Yes. You see the sad pictures. Of the that happens to 0.01 percent of the turtles like so far i think maybe three turtles and i'm not saying look it is sad i'm not saying we shouldn't care about the environment hold on people jesus yeah i can see the emails flooding into nate's inbox right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah nate at (laughs) goodmorningliberty.us it's dot com (laughs) (laughs) it's not that i don't care about the few turtles that have been hurt i i do but this whole banning straws and all this stuff your own government was dumping rockets into yeah. the ocean for years, decades, by the way. And if it wasn't for Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they could have been doing it for a, a century. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, they put a stop to it. Luckily, they did. Now, yes, they received some subsidized money from the government. They received no interest loans. They received tax subsidies for being a company that was working towards a green initiative whatsoever. So they received subsidies for doing that. But those have been paid back, 
Okay, so that's an important thing to remember. And uh, Ahead to of me, schedule. they're just smart people who were taking advantage of money that was sitting there waiting for people to take it. Uh, if I came up with some type of a plan and there was money sitting there in an account where they said, hey, I'll give you a zero interest loan on this if you're going to do something for the environment. Well, I would take that, too. And then once you take that, then you're on a list of people who have taken a government subsidy at that time. Now, I'm not saying... Just like all the climate scientists yeah. when they're doing their research. How I'm do you not, think they get the money for the research? I'm not saying that subsidy should exist. But what I'm saying is... I'm saying that if that does exist and you're in that company and you're making that company, hey, take advantage of it. Do it. Take it right there. If there's a government job available right now that's going to pay $250,000 a year uh, and no one else has taken it, you, you should just go take the job, okay? And then completely dissolve that department as you work your way up, just like Ron Swanson would, okay? <laughs> Get some of your tax money back. Yeah. So listen, this is from The Atlantic right here. It's entitled, It's Jeff Bezos's Planet Now. <laughs> because of $10 billion, by the way. $10 billion. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into what that equates to in time and the value of our economy and everything. No, but $10 billion set aside the $40 billion that, that Bill Gates has, has set aside to work towards these types of things. No, this $10 billion that he's going to spend over an unspecified amount of time, well, it's Jeff Bezos' planet now. Do you think reading this headline this morning, Jeff Bezos was like, I did it? Yeah, now, I won. Now I'm enough. Now I have. Now I have Earth. <laughs> now I have accomplished my goal. Yeah, I've. It's like him and his business partner, like Pinky in the Brain. That actually, if you're not if you're too young to realize that reference, back in the day, back in the good old days, <laughs> that's what every old person says. With the uh, flash but, crash that happened in the market earlier today, I bet you Jeff Bezos lost more money than that within a span of two or three minutes. Yeah, probably. So he's like, 10 billion gets me the planet? Yeah. Since when? <laughs> Come it's, on. It's probably like him and his business partner. I was telling you guys this reference when Nate just cut me off there. I was back in the day, there was this old cartoon called what's Pink really most <laughs> important <laughs> called Pinky in the Brain. Do you remember that, Nate? I, we used to watch it all the time. Yeah, he's speaking off mic right now, but that's fine. Pinky in the Brain. And every single day they'd wake up and they would say, Brain, Pinky would say to Brain, What's our goal today? And he would say, Same thing we do every day, try to take over the world. And now Jeff Bezos has done it. He With is now Earth's owner. Okay, so does that make him an alien? Um, let me see how that works. No, no. Okay. No, it doesn't. Um, I was just going to look at Amazon's charts real quick and see how much they decline. Do you look at the charts while I read this off for you guys? All right. It's titled, it's Jeff Bezos's planet. Now on Monday, Jeff Bezos announced the creation of the Bezos earth fund, which will disperse $10 billion in the name of combating climate change. The fund is a triumph of philanthropy and a perfect emblem of a national failing. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention to these words, please. Or rather, a series of national failings. In a healthy democracy, the world's richest man wouldn't be able to painlessly make a $10 billion donation. His fortune would be mitigated by the tax collector. Antitrust laws would constrain the growth of his business. Instead of relying on a tycoon to bankroll the national response to an existential crisis, there would be a national response. (laughs) This 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 article is so ridiculous. It's just absolutely insane. insane. But in an age of political dysfunction, Bezos has begun to subsume the powers of the state. 
where the government once funded the ambitious exploration of space, Bezos is leading that project, spending a billion dollars each year to build rockets and rovers. His company, Amazon, is spearheading an, ec- an experimental effort to fix American healthcare. Oh, oh my God! This is terrible. This guy's making new adventures in the space. He's cleaning up the climate. He's fixing healthcare. We have to stop, stop this. Stop this madness! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> It will also spend $700 million to retrain workers in the shadow of automation and displacement. Oh, my God. Jeff Bezos lost $3 billion in 10 minutes today. Oh, no one cares. Yeah. Yep. Just wanted to say. Well, when it goes back up, yep. that's when we'll start talking about it. Yep. Meanwhile, swaths of the federal government have contracted with Amazon to keep data on the company's servers. Oh. Mm. They must be expensive servers. Yeah. That's why they contracted with them. Now, I was a server for eight years, and <laughs> it wasn't that expensive. No. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Did you hold any of the federal government data on your... I, I West, did. Because you were a server? I did, yeah. They yeah. were only paying me two fifteen an hour, but oh, okay. I did it for them. Yeah, because they tipped you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back from the article. Bezos is providing the vital infrastructure of state. When Amazon locates a second head... Stop! Stop! (laughs) Stop! Bezos is providing the infrastructure of state. $10 billion. $10 billion. That's the infrastructure. The U.S. government spends $10 billion in 18 hours. It's gone. Gone in 18 hours. But no, no, they said, you know, by the time... Listen, it's 1 o'clock right now. And that means that by what, 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, by 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, the U.S. government will have spent $10 billion. Yet Jeff Bezos setting aside this $10 billion. Oh, he is providing a government. Good (laughs) God, man. This is insane. All right, keep going. Sorry. Let's see. When Amazon locates its second headquarters on the Potomac, uh, yeah, Potomac, Staring across the river at the Capitol, it will provide a perfect geographical encapsulation of the new balance of power. I just imagine Jeff Bezos on a wooden boat, like pointing towards the Capitol, going across the... He's like Dr. Evil. No, he's like George Washington going across the river. Oh, then he gets to stare at his, the thing he owns now. I own, not only do I own Earth, but I own America. I'm staring at my, my creation. It is possible to watch Jeff Bezos's public spirited commitments and respond. Well, at least someone is doing something and it isn't a private government run by Bezos, preferable to a public uh, public government run by Trump. Trumpism may indeed pose the most immediate danger. The growing concentration of power in one man, however, is hardly a democratic path. And whereas Trump is curbed by Congress courts and elections, there is no meaningful public oversight of Bezos's power. I'm going to set this place on fire <laughs> if I have to hear three more sentences from this thing. How many are left? Let me finish this out. His investments and donations, not to mention the dominance of his sprawling firm and his ownership of one of the nation's most important newspapers, give him an outsized role in shaping the human future. Stop the madness. Will you go? Listen, he owns. I need to go back. Hang he, on. He owns the Washington Post. Go look at the Washington Post headlines and see if they're super favorable towards capitalism and Amazon. They criticize him just as much as anybody else, if not more, actually. It's, it's insane. Like, read some of their headlines. 
he does not do anything to control what they're posting. I bet you you can find 40 headlines right now about how Amazon didn't pay any taxes last year on the Washington Post website. <laughs> this is insane. This is You know what's crazy is is it's when people in the private market do these kinds of things, they take over government failures. Yeah. They provide it <laughs> to more people and at a cheaper cost and somehow it's madness. Yeah. I like to go back to this. We could talk about this paragraph right here. This is the worst one. But in the age of political dysfunction, Bezos has begun to subsume the powers of the state where the government once funded the ambitious exploration of space. Oh, my God. Where they were. Bezos is leading that project, spending a billion dollars each year to build rockets and rovers. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is <t> this <laughs> is terrible. The humanity. Yes. His company. This is the best one. His company, Amazon is spearheading an experimental effort to fix the American healthcare system. Oh my God. Oh my God. We honestly, he needs to be put in prison before he <laughs> actually achieves all these goals. Oh this man. This is terrible. And he's looking to the future of automation, by the way. And he realizes that people are going to be displaced. And he's like, well, I don't want, you know, millions of people displaced by this happening. So I'm going to spend $700 million to retain workers in the shadow of automation and displacement. Yeah. Oh, my God. He wants people to have jobs. Yeah. He wants people to have jobs. He wants them to have health care. And he wants to stop. He wants to um, solve climate change. And he also wants to explore new, new places in space for a tenth of the cost, like Elon Musk with, with SpaceX, for a tenth of the cost of what the government could ever do. Honestly, I didn't even. In a even, shorter amount of time. I didn't even know that this type of evil existed in the world. And <laughs> this is very disappointing. You know, my my least favorite part of it, the, the crazy, I don't know, I, I, I struggle to say the craziest part of it because I've almost had a heart attack four times during this, during this article <laughs> so far. So he said, Trumpism may indeed pose the most immediate danger. The growing concentration of power in one man is hardly a democratic path. Whereas Trump is curbed by Congress, courts, and elections. Really? Are you, are you cool with Trump? Not worried about him very much? Trump is curbed by Congress, courts, and elections. There is no meaningful public oversight of Bezos' power. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is. Way more than there is over the government, by the way. Stop shopping at Amazon. <laughs> I want to ask, who wrote this, by the way? I want to ask him, when was the last time you got a delivery from Amazon? No, this is honestly, this is one of those times where you don't say their name, okay? Because they're just doing it for recognition. So, we, he, who, he or she, or Zer, who shall not be named... Uh, you should be ashamed of yourself, although I don't know if you uh, have enough intelligence to understand what I even meant just then. But listen, Bezos, how does Bezos get his money? Someone tell me how Bezos got this money. Well, he obviously conquers, rapes, and pillages. That's what he does, yeah. just like <laughs> the old days. That's the only way. Like any CEO, like any person who's ever started a business, he showed up at your house with a gun. He took your kids, took your wife, and then he took all the money out of your bank account. And that's how we got it. Okay? Yeah. No. Any one of you that has Amazon can cancel your Amazon subscription right now. Anyone. And if you don't have one, how many times has Bezos or someone from Amazon showed up at your house to make personal threats to you to put you in a cage because you didn't have an Amazon account? No one. So this idea... 
that this is not a democratic path, that, well, Trump is curbed by Congress and courts and elections, and there's no meaningful public oversight of Bezos's power. He absolutely has more public oversight over his power than anyone else does, just like anyone else who exists in the almost free market that we have, the partially free market, like anyone else who exists in that, they cannot force you to give them money. And if you do not like what they are doing, if you do not like Amazon, if you don't like any any of the products that they have, then Jeff Bezos is not going to get any of your money. And then he will not have any of that power that comes from being able to spend these billions of dollars on things. The latest numbers indicate that many, many, many Democrats, and I'm talking many, I don't know all of them, yeah, but many have an Amazon Prime membership. Many of them, yes. In the United States alone, there are 105 million Amazon Prime memberships. And 80- That's pretty impressive because there's like only 250 million adults total, something like that, yeah. 220. 82% mm-hmm. of U.S. households have an Amazon Prime membership. Jeez. Because you know, like we share one. Yeah. There's no reason for multiple. Yeah. Yeah. 82% of U.S. households. Now, how, what percentage of U.S. households are Democrat, I wonder? Let's see. What <laughs> Probably percent? about 30%, 30%, 35%, something like that, I would say. A lot of people think that would be a crazy number, but you got to remember 40% identify as independent. So I think it's around the 30% number. Pretty sure. So this is just a crazy idea, guys. This is exactly, you know, the opposite of this is why we like the free market. Now we're talking all negative right now, but this is the solution to some of these problems that have that people have. Let Jeff Bezos spend his money, this $10 billion that the U.S. government would blow through in less than a day. Let him spend that money. Like Bill Gates has set aside $40 billion for the Gates Foundation to do everything that he's doing, that the U.S. government would have spent in four or five days, something like that, that he's been able to to stretch out over years and years and save lives and invent new inventions that can actually help climate change if that's a real thing. Let them do this. Why is it automatically better that this money would go into the government's hands and then everything would just be better. Does it not matter that Jeff Bezos could get a hundred times more of a return from this money that we could get that much of a, I don't know, a better outcome from this expenditure. Whereas if you just took the $10 billion, it would only pay for a small portion of a couple of weeks of whatever green new deal plan they have. And then they would be on to the next person's money. Not even a couple of weeks. <clears throat> Not even. 18 hours. I mean, the Green New Deal cost, well, you know, they estimated $93 trillion. I don't know how accurate that is. That's what the estimate is. $93 trillion over 10 years. The entire wealth of the billionaires in the U.S. is $3.1 trillion. All of their money, $3.1 trillion. And if the stock market crashes sometime this year, guess what? It's going to go down to like $2.5 million. And yet we're supposed to believe that we should just rely on the Green New Deal and let them take care of this problem that's going to cost $9.3 trillion in additional expenditures when the total wealth of all of the billionaires wouldn't even pay for four months of the Green New Deal. By the way, that's a massive stock crash you just mentioned. It's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. If they went from $3.1 trillion all the way down to $2.5 million, Oh, did I say million? We're, we might be dead. Honestly, <laughs> you know, I don't think it'll be that bad, but maybe it could be, maybe I meant to say 2.5 billion. Oh, okay. 
That's one of those. That's a real bad one too. One of though. those mess ups. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty bad one. But what is that? Something like is he if two point five trillion? Huh? You meant to say down from three point one trillion down to two point five trillion? Is that what I said? You you said million. Okay. And then you said billion. Well, now I say quadrillion. <laughs> it's going to be two point five quadrillion dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So listen, their total wealth is not enough to even pay for what we have right now, regardless yeah. of what letter the number starts with. Yeah. That was a confusing sentence to even say right there. What letter the number starts with? <laughs> Just think about that for a couple minutes. Well, okay? that's, a, that's a mnemonic. Their total wealth is $3.1 trillion. That's quite a bit of quiche right there. Okay, $3.1 trillion. The Green New Deal is going to cost $9.3 trillion per year. So if you confiscated every single bit of their wealth... Every bit of it, that's assuming that their wealth didn't decline once the confiscation started and the market crashed, that you would somehow actually be able to get the $3.1 trillion. In all reality, if you were going to take the money, then their wealth would start shooting down towards the bottom to that $2.5 million number I mentioned, and then you wouldn't be able to take it anyway. All right, so this boat don't float, folks. It just don't work. The dog don't hunt. This skate... Don't roll, all right? Whatever it's supposed to do, something doesn't do what it's supposed to do. That's the point. And that's what this is. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it's extremely frustrating. Extremely. Do you want to get on to that debate? Uh, Yes. Let's get on to it. All right. So we've got some stuff. Now, Elizabeth Warren has put forth a plan. She's 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 got a terrible plan for everything. Okay, but luckily, she's figured out this plan. Now, this is how we're going to finally solve the corruption problem in government. Honestly, I don't know why no one had thought about this beforehand, because this is genius. Totally genius. Washington on climate. Everyone understands the urgency, but we've got two problems. The first is corruption, an industry that makes its money felt all through Washington. The first thing I want to do in Washington is pass my anti-corruption bill so that we can start (laughs) making the changes we need to make on climate. And the second is the filibuster. If Charlie. All we need, I don't know why we hadn't done this to start with. It's a problem the whole time. What we need is an anti-corruption bill. I can't believe they didn't put that in the Constitution, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't believe they didn't put that in the Constitution when they started, when they founded the country. Yeah, yeah. These United States of America, first and foremost, are anti-corrupt. No corruption. We're anti-corrupt. Problem solved, and right? That's it. You just got to put it on paper. Now, how are you supposed to have corruption when you make corruption illegal? I mean... That's how you solve corruption. That's how you solve all problems. You just create a government law and some regulations against it. And then the problem you'll have the corrupt government officials writing their own legislation for fighting their own corruption. And then the problem will be solved. Utopia. Here we come. Heaven on earth. (laughs) All right. So uh, um, Joe Biden was there kind of last night and uh, he accidentally made the case, the libertarian case for why we don't even need the EPA, man. We don't even need it, because listen to what he wants to do to companies that pollute. You didn't answer to my questions. I thought I did. What would you do with these companies that are responsible for the destruction of our planet? 
What would I do with them? I would make sure they, number one, stop. Number two, if you demonstrate that they, in fact, have done things already that are bad and they've been lying, they should be able to be sued. They should be able to be held personally accountable. And they should, and not only, not only the company, not the stockholders, but the CEOs of those companies. They should be engaged. And it's a little bit like, look, this is the industry we should be able to sue. We should go after, just like we did the drug companies, just like we did with the tobacco companies. The only okay, company so there, there you go, man. That's the argument the libertarians have been saying forever. If someone does something to cause harm to you and they violate your property rights, your private property, your life in some kind of way, they need to be held liable in court if it can't be proven that they did that. Imagine that. That's just crazy. Well, that's some crazy stuff that's right crazy there. crazy talk. So, yeah, um, I don't know if he just had a momentary lapse of judgment there or uh, another, I don't know, a stroke or something like that. It kind of sounds like he had a couple of those last night. I, I don't understand how this guy's still in the race. I really thought he'd drop out by now. Well, he's his numbers are plummeting. Yeah, they're not good. No. No, not good whatsoever. Sleepy, creepy Joe. So we got to talk about justice. We got to talk about climate well, justice. I will say it is nice that at least one Democrat was arguing that we don't need the EPA anymore. Yeah, that's that, good that to was hear. nice. That that's was good, good to hear. To hear. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm voting for Joe. I'm not saying that. But at least he admitted it live at the debate on national television. Yep. He said, oh, there's no need. Don't need it. If there's any harm caused, you just sue him. Problem solved. The free market takes care of it. Oh, yes, imagine that. I want to make Crazy. sure that the question of environmental justice gets more than a glancing blow in this debate. Because for generations now in this country, uh, toxic waste dumps, polluting factories have been located in or near communities of color over and over and over. And the consequences are felt in the health of young African-American babies. It's felt in the health of seniors people with compromised immune systems. It's also felt economically. Who wants to move into an area where the air smells bad or you can't drink the water? I have a commitment of a trillion dollars to repair the damage that this nation has permitted to inflict on communities of color for generations She's got now. a trillion dollar commitment just to repay the problems from climate injustices against minorities. Now, this is her own money, right? That's what she said? Yes. I? Well, I think she got it from Jeff Bezos, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, which makes it evil, you know? Yeah. So, no, it's just, mm. you know... The, I'm committing mm. $1 trillion of all y'all's money. Yeah. That... Not mine. Yours. The, the couple of problems I have with it's this... It's so easy to commit someone else's money. I, I mean... I so, would like to go ahead and commit some money towards something right now. Yeah. There we go. I just committed money. <laughs> oh, sir, Mr. Car Payment Collector. Yes, I want to let you know that I have committed uh, $340 towards this bill this month. I, you know, if I win. Uh, problem solved. Yeah. There we go. I need to be elected first, though. A couple problems I had with this were, first off, she's phrasing it. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later. But this is pointed as if the factory owners, the polluters... The people who were dumping things into the water were like, let's go find us some minority communities and move into that community and start polluting it because we hate minorities. Like, which one do you think happened first? 
do you think that they were like targeting minority communities in some kind of way? Or do you think it has something to do with the economics of the entire situation? Maybe as the factory moved in, everyone who could afford to leave the area left because they didn't like the factory being in their area. Maybe it was less desirable for other people who were trying to move into the area because it was there. Maybe yeah, they did I'm something looking for a new house. I'm, I'm not looking for the sulfur smell in the, my backyard. Yeah, the smokestacks right there, yeah. the, the green water or anything like that. Well, green water, oh, that would be good. The, the brown water, you know, that you yeah. get. And by the way, um, who is then justice is it for what happened up in Flint, Michigan, you think? I mean, the I can we blame can we find the corporation to blame on that, please? It has to be the lead pipe manufacturer. It's got to be them. Yeah. Okay. You can't believe the government controlling all of that. No. It can't be that. No, not that. It nope. has to be the manufacturers. Perhaps God for creating the water too corrosive for the le- old lead pipes. Ultimately, it just leads so, back to to God, I guess. What we need is another crucifixion. That's what it is. And that'll solve all of our we problems. We need Jesus to come back. <laughs> That's what we need, honestly. So listen, I don't, I mean, I'm not happy that if it is in fact the case that most of these areas that are highly polluted are highly populated by minority populations, I'm not happy about uh, about that whatsoever. But you got to try and attack with the actual problem. The problem is the economic situation that people find themselves in. Like, stop trying to create all these top-down rules, regulations, these repayments for injustices. Let's talk about a way to help people lift themselves up and create a better life for themselves and have all the opportunities to where they can grow and they can be the the next Jeff Bezos or or whoever it's going to be. Let's talk about a way to make that more possible for more people instead of coming in and acting like we've got to do something to help these these poor communities. We got to keep handing them out money, handing them out money, making them dependent as possible all the time. It's this it's a completely backward scenario. It reminds me of the I mean that state referee that state rep that we talked to. His entire talking point, this guy from Chicago that we interviewed a couple nights will be a couple nights ago, will be put down his episode sometime over the weekend, Monday, something like that. But his entire talking point was that he believes socialism is slavery, and that's what it is. This these people they just want to get people hooked on welfare and hooked on dependency, and tell them that they can never be enough. They'll never be enough to get out of it themselves. Therefore, you must depend on me being in power for the rest of your life, or you're just going to die. That's a terrible message to send the people. So, I, I don't I'm reminded, agree with this. I'm reminded of Aldous Snow from yeah. Forgetting Sir Marshall. Okay. We got to do something. We got to do that. something. Yeah. We got to do something. <laughs> Before mother... All right, let's go to the next clip. Producer, go. You've got to wake up as a party. We we could wake up two weeks from today, the day after Super Tuesday, and the only candidates left standing will be Bernie Sanders and Mike Bloomberg, the two most polarizing figures on this stage. And most Americans don't see where they fit if they've got to choose between a socialist who thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil and a billionaire who thinks that money ought to be the the root of all power. Let's put forward somebody who actually lives and works in a middle-class neighborhood in an industrial Midwestern city. Let's put forward somebody who's actually a Democrat. Look. 
right, it's a pretty oh, good statement. Pretty good was. statement. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I doubt he came up with that on the spot, but you know, that's these debates. They rehearse. They get you know twenty seconds apiece to actually talk. So that's a good line, though. <clears throat> Make it's, the most of your thirty seconds. So it was really good. It's true, and it tells you something about the state of politics overall. I mean, these are going to be your options. You could wake up in a couple couple weeks, and you can either have Bloomberg, who is the I don't know. He's like he's like a Trump, only he's, he's not as aggressive. Weirdly enough, Bloomberg used to be a Republican <laughs> who donated to Republican, Republican billionaire turned Democrat <laughs> who's got all these workplace, you know, violations against them or the, yeah. these uh, accusations against them and all these all these non-disclosure agreements that people are trying to dig up and everything. And it, it's literally it's like, you know, and then Trump Obviously, he used to be a Democratic billionaire. Donated <laughs> to Democrats' campaigns. And then turned to a Republican. And you said, well, like, it's really crazy. The biggest difference between the two of them, to me, is that Bloomberg is super, super boring and not aggressive whatsoever. And short. And he short. really tiny. Um, <laughs> Trump, call, Trump calls him Mini Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the best names for everyone. <laughs> Then he might. Could you see them on a stage together? Because Trump's like what six three? No, something he's like not, that. Can't six, be two? that big. I don't yeah, think. he is. Is he I really? Think he is. Yeah. Is that counting the hair? I What's don't the know. wind velocity at that time? You think? <laughs> I don't know how tall Trump is. That's crazy. He's six foot three. Really? Trump height six foot three. I feel like that's made up. That's. I'm telling you, that's what Google says. Yeah. Uh, let's look up Bloomberg. Um, Bloomberg's height. Uh, he is 5'8". Five 5'8". Eight. Five eight. Okay. <laughs> so 6'3 and 5'8". Seven well, inches difference. Well, if we were measuring by height for who should be president, then you should be the president probably because you topple all of them. So. Well, look, Bloomberg's way richer, by the way, <laughs> than Trump. He's got $60 billion, $64 billion yeah. net worth. So listen, I was going to say, now that we're talking about Bloomberg, I thought completely, he was just completely obliterated last night just destroyed i mean if i were bloomberg i would not try to be in any more debates and i think that would actually be better for him because those polls have been rising thanks to the amount of money he's been spending and the amount of commercials he's been running this last night there is no way that helped his chances at all because man they hit him hard with all of these workplace accusations all of these non-disclosure agreements asking if he would be okay with those being taken away so these people could tell their stories and everything. I mean, they really took him apart when it came to that. And I will say I'd never seen Bloomberg really talk before or do any type of debate performance or ever try to hold his own on anything before against other people. And you still haven't. And I still haven't really. <laughs> like he's just kind of stood there like he was getting whipped like a, like a dog that was in trouble last night. And he just kind of stood there. And last night's performance, while his advertising had worked on me a little bit, where I thought that maybe he was the one who was going to make it through, after last night's performance, I I can't see that happening. I honestly cannot see it happening. I'm sticking with it. You're sticking with I'm Bloomberg? I'm sticking with it. I think, I think I mean, even Buttigieg <laughs> you know, alluded to it. You know, he took a page out of Alex Jones' books where he said, <laughs> wake up, Democrats. Because we could wake up in two weeks where it's Bloomberg and Sanders and uh, and you have two polarizing people, billionaire and then, a, and then a millionaire socialist. 
which one do they want to choose? Obviously, he's saying, like, look, you don't want those options. You want me because I'm just a good old farm boy. Yeah. Uh, mayor. I've made myself. I'm I'm a working class mayor. You know, I'm I'm not one of these millionaire billionaires. One thing I will say. Sorry. Finish your finish your sentence. No, I was just going to say, I, and I think that's right, because I think if you look at the history and what happened with Donald Trump, it was the exact same thing. I mean, this is playing out in reverse effect. And I think it's going to be the same in the Democratic yeah. primary. If, I think people are going to look past the, let's say, aggressions or grievances or grievances that Bloomberg has committed in the past. And they want somebody to punch Trump back so bad in the face that they think a richer guy is the only one who can actually do it. And they just want a Democrat to win. I think they actually don't care about the policies. I think if Bloomberg made it through the primary, I think he is the biggest competition for Trump. I think Trump is in really big trouble if Bloomberg makes it through. Because the, to me, he's the only one on stage that could actually beat him. Because in all of those swing states, like those union voters might might go for Bloomberg, where they where they went for Trump. So it's I really do see him giving Trump a lot of problems. And if I were in the Democratic Party, and Charlie, I don't know if you're going to get you won't get this reference, I don't think, but some of our listeners might to defeat Godzilla. What do you need? You need you need Mothra. That's what you need. And so to to defeat Godzilla, they had to find a monster that was worse than Godzilla to actually defeat him. And if I were the Democrats, I would be thinking about that. With all these terrible things about Bloomberg, he might be your only legitimate shot at actually beating Trump if that's something that you want to do. So any in all of our Democrat listeners <laughs> <laughs> just take that to heart yeah <laughs> right there but he did think, get in thank godzilla <laughs> he did get in a good word on uh on sanders i thought this was a pretty good pretty good thing right here what a wonderful country we have the best known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses what i miss here well you'll miss that i work in washington house one that's the first problem live in burlington house two that's good and like thousands of other Vermonters, I do have a summer camp. Forgive me for that. Where is your home? Where's your home? The most most popular socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What's what am I missing here? What am I missing here, Doc? (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear Conan O'Brien doing his Michael Bloomberg impression. It'd be really good. No, um, that's a good point. I'm glad someone said it. Bernie Sanders, hater of all the rich who have more than everyone else. Who you know? used to blast the millionaires and billionaires, yep. but now it's just the billionaire class. Yep. Because he's made it into the upper echelons of the millionaire class. Yep. Now it's okay because you he's notice he doesn't really talk about the top one percent anymore. Oh no, he doesn't say because he's in the he top one. Per- he talks about the the top one tenth of one percent. Right. Right. It's amazing how that happened after he became a millionaire. It's always someone richer than you. Yeah. And I love like thousands of other Vermonters. I have a summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a house, Bernie. I know you didn't want to say house. I know you want to have like your little, uh, your, you know, your commune camp that you go to live in, but it's your house. That's what it is. You have a summer house and it's not a camp. Okay. And obviously he doesn't, he's got three mortgages, so he doesn't write off that 
interest no. or anything on his taxes, does he? No, because he pays the full percentage of his due by the 1%, <laughs> obviously. He does not find all of the tax deductions that he could possibly find yeah, to pay a lower no tax way. rate. No. There's no way he would ever do that. No, no. No, that's... I pay you know, the taxes that I owe? I... I this is... Uh, I, I pay the taxes that I owe. You, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I know. This is shaping up. This is shaping up. 2020. Shaping up to be even better than 2016. It's nuts. And 2016 was lots of fun. Honestly, I just hope this primary goes on forever because this is just <laughs> hilarious to watch. All right, we got Elizabeth. You know, they struggled with Iowa. Could you imagine what's going to happen on Super Tuesday? Oh, God. You got, who goes up on Super Tuesday? California, Texas. Um, a lot. Um, Colorado. Now, Super Tuesday is in two weeks, so that means is is um, Nevada next week? I guess is that yeah okay. Is it Nevada and is South Carolina's before Super Tuesday also? Right, so I, I guess so. I don't know what date South Carolina happens on, but we'll <laughs> definitely know. You'll see some people dropping out real quick after next week. But um, Warden Warren talked a little bit about Medicare for all. And uh, let's see what she had to say. I think she was criticizing Pete Buttigieg's uh, terrible, terrible plan of allowing people to purchase private insurance if they want to. Mayor Buttigieg really has a slogan that was thought up by his consultants to paper over a thin version of a plan that would leave millions of people unable to afford their health care. It's not a plan, it's a PowerPoint. And Amy's plan is even less. It's like a post-it note. Insert plan here. Bernie has started very much, uh, has a good start, but instead of expanding and bringing in more people to help, uh, instead his campaign relentlessly attacks everyone who asks a question or tries to fill in details about how to actually make this work. And then his own advisors say, yeah, probably won't happen anyway. So but she's criti criticizing Pete Buttigieg's plan which is to have Medicare, what he calls it, is Medicare for all who want it. That's, that's what he calls it, okay? His plan is to have Medicare for all, for it to be available. But if you don't want it, you don't have to use it. You can get private insurance if you want to. Now, she, she portrays this as something that is going to cause millions of people to not be able to afford their health care. And to me, that has to be fact check false right there. Because if you are offering the public option for people who cannot afford health care, for them to get onto that public option and have their health care paid for, um, I don't see how you can be causing millions of people to not be able to have health care. If people are freely choosing to have insurance because that's what they want, um, I don't think that that is you forcing millions of people to not be able to afford health care. It actually it's, does, it's, that analysis doesn't make any the, sense. The opposite actually. of force, actually, if you're allowing them. Now you're still forced by taking more money and paying for the Medicare for all plan. So it's still force, but then not forcing them to actually take the plan and allowing them to take private insurance, not force. Yeah. Not equals not force right there. I'll put that in the show notes. We'll, we'll just print the money. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We'll just print it. We don't need money. Yeah, we don't. Okay. So we had oh, do a little bit more, maybe Before a little bit more. Before that next clip, I pulled up the schedule okay. for everyone curious about this. Is actually Nevada's in two days. February 22nd is a caucus. The February 29th is South Carolina's primary. And then Super Tuesday, you have Alabama, 
American Samoa, Arkansas, California, the huge states here, California, Colorado, uh, Minnesota, swing state, North Carolina, swing <laughs> state, um, Oklahoma, Tennessee, obviously going to go Republican. It doesn't matter. Texas will be huge. Um, and then there's Utah, Vermont. I wonder who wins Vermont huh. and Virginia. So lots of states. That'll be the true teller, I would say. I think, you know, Nevada and South Carolina, I think Nevada is going to hurt Bloomberg now, but he could pick it back up in South Carolina. But Super Tuesday is really going to tell you. I'm sticking with my pick. <laughs> I think uh, Mini Dirty Mike is going to uh, <laughs> Dirty Mini Mike. <laughs> I think he's still going to win the nomination. That's what I'm calling right now. And you know what? If I'm wrong, I'll eat my own words. And if I am wrong, it doesn't matter. If you are wrong, we will print out your own words right now and we'll take a video of, the, of you eating them. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. And get a sure. chalkboard yeah. so I can be in Good Morning Liberty detention. All right, let's talk a little bit more. We're on Medicare for All right now, so we can spend a couple minutes. We did spend about two hours on Medicare for All yesterday, so listen to that episode, 330 Million Reasons Why Medicare for All Simply Won't Work. I thought that was a pretty cute title right there. 500,000 people go bankrupt every year because they can't afford medical bills. So let me be very clear to my good friends in the Culinary Workers Union, a great union. I will never sign a bill that will reduce the health care benefits they have. We will only expand it for them, for every union in America, and for the working class of this country. So- okay, so one thing, that's only part of the clip. So first off, the culinary workers, which he's losing some union support right now because these people are starting to say, we're in a union. Now, this is the problem. This is the issue. This is why Trump would completely just destroy Bernie Sanders in an actual election. Because these people who are in a union, they're like, hey, I'm in a union. I've already got really good health care. I'm paying the taxes that I owe right now. I've already got really good health care. Why do I need to vote for someone who's going to raise my taxes and potentially give me worse health care? Why would I want to do that? I've already got great health care. I'm in a union, which means I practically can't be fired. So I'm set. Why would I vote for you so I can pay higher taxes for the rest of my life? Why would I vote for you so my so our pension fund can be completely destroyed with a crash of the stock market? This isn't going to work, Bertie. So he's starting to see this. And he says, well, whatever plan you're on, I'm not going to reduce benefits. I will not sign a bill that reduces benefits for everyone who's in a union. The problem is, what's the person who's president after you going to do, Bernie? Can you tell me that? Can someone tell me what next president in the in the year 2028 is going to do with what what health care the government is offering to people? By that time, it'll be AOC, so everybody's going to oh, be fine. Oh, God. Everybody will be just fine. <laughs> okay, we'll get Bernie Sanders. You look so defeated right now. <laughs> I... I literally, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt more disgusted than when you said that. And I'm at a loss for words. I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. Look, you got Bernie Sanders for eight years and then that's just enough time for AOC to come in. So God. Okay. Here's the deal. There's going to be a Republican president again someday, even if Trump loses right now, Mr. Bernie Sanders follower, Mr. Mr. Union, Mr. Union boss, who's trying to tell your union members who to go vote for. 
Can you guarantee your union members that there will never be a person in the office of the president that will not sign a bill that will make their health care coverage worse than what it currently is right now? You cannot guarantee that to your people, whether Bernie Sanders says it or not, whether AOC is going to somehow win president, which by that time, I might, I'm pretty sure that I, along with the rest of the population, will be so stupid we won't care if she actually wins president. <laughs> so maybe that'll be just fine. But how are you going to promise these people this? You can't. You can't promise these people this. How or another, Canada can provide universal health care to all their people, half the cost. Less people UK than can do it. California. France can do it. Germany can do it. All of Europe can do it. Gee whiz, somehow or another, we are the only major country on earth that can't do it. Why is that? And I'll tell you why. It's because last year, the healthcare industry made $100 billion in profits. <laughs> Pharmaceutical industry, top six companies, $69 billion in profit. And those CEOs are contributing to Pete's campaign and other campaigns right. up here. Let's clear this so up. So maybe. Okay. Before you get to that, <laughs> I want to talk about what he made the claim of first, which is. Hundreds of thousands or millions of people are filing bankruptcy for because of medical bills. Yeah. Now, I want to tell you where he gets that from. That comes from a Harvard study conducted by none other than Elizabeth Warren. Her study in 2009 that she did for Barack Obama following the Great Recession. Um, the problem with that study is that researchers interviewed a group of people who filed for bankruptcy between January and April of 2007. It expanded medical causes. It expanded medical causes to include those who mortgaged a home to pay medical bills, which means they didn't file bankruptcy. Good Lord. Those who had medical bills greater than $1,000. That's almost everyone, which means they didn't file bankruptcy, by the way. And also people who had lost, uh, who lost at least two weeks of work due to illness. Now tell me how you can you can expand a bankruptcy study to include these people who didn't file for bankruptcy. What do you mean by claim these it as people, a, Charlie? And they claim it as a bankruptcy study. It's like that's all what, other. That's that's what he's getting this claim from. It's, it's like from all Elizabeth other studies. Warren. Like all other studies. Listen, what they do for studies is they survey like five hundred people, and then they say, well, twenty of the five hundred people, well, they had this happen. Okay, well, what would that be if we divided 330 million by 500? Okay, well, that would be X amount. Hmm, X amount. Okay, so we have that, and now let's take that number and multiply it by 20, and this must be the answer to that study right there. Well, it doesn't matter what people we sampled. It doesn't matter what area of the country they lived in. It doesn't matter anything whatsoever. It doesn't matter what diseases they had or anything like that. Then they'll make their projection off of it. That's how they that's how they do this all the time. Most of the time, I mean, you see things we talked about yesterday, 70% of the country supports Medicare for all. They surveyed 2000 people in that. In national elections, uh, Bernie Sanders is beating Donald Trump by 20 points. They surveyed 1000 people and out nine, of that. 900 were Democrats. Out of uh, out of 100 million people that are going to vote, they survey survey 1000 and are telling you that they have the answer. This crap, it, it you can't, like you always say, you can't make this kind of stuff up. I couldn't come up with this. I don't know if there's any movie producers or script writers that could come up with this crap. 
it, it's that insane. It's too insane to be true, even. You know what else is insane? Bernie's math here, by oh, the way. Yeah. Get into the, the, the problem in healthcare. Here's the, the only problem. Here's the problem. Is healthcare companies profited $100 billion. That's it. That's the, the problem. The profit of $100 billion is the only problem. We just need to get rid of that profit because, <laughs> because that's all, the only math we need to do. Because, listen, here's his talking point. We pay two times as much as every other country. Well, okay, well, we pay on average. The number is, which is not accurate. We've talked about that several times. But let's just say it is accurate. $3.4 trillion, with a T, dollars are, ex- are expended on health care every year in this country. Per capita, that is twice as much as all of the other countries is spent per capita. Meaning... His implication from that is that if we were the same per capita, which is what he's going to fix, right? If we were the same per capita, then we would only be spending $1.7 trillion on health care every single year. So that's a difference. That is a reduction from what his math suggests in $1.7 trillion in expenditures that we should not have right now, yet his answer to that problem is that healthcare companies made $100 billion in profit. And somehow that makes up for the extra $1.7 trillion that we spend in healthcare that we should not have to spend. The $100 trillion. This, I can't, I can't, I can't believe anyone ever took this guy seriously. This is as much an argument for getting rid of the Department of Education as I have ever heard. Right now. You just can't even. I can't even today. I can't even today. Okay, we got one. So what you're saying is, <clears throat> even if we stripped these greedy, evil healthcare companies and pharmaceutical companies and all these CEOs, if we stripped them of their $100 billion in profit, we would still be paying almost two, two times still, more. Bernie's own plan, which they've, he's posted all the time, where they say it's going to cost $3.2 trillion per year instead of $3.4. It's still, it's still 1.9 times as much as all the other countries. <laughs> it's, His own plan to fix it still yeah. costs almost two times as much. And good Lord, a bunch of the healthcare expenses are paid by insurance companies who don't get all of their money from your premiums, by the way. A uh, actual, what what's the statistic that's in basic economics? Somewhere around half of the money that insurance companies expend on healthcare expenses or any type of insurance company is actually taken in through premiums. The rest of it is because they invest that money and they make returns on the investments. And so they use that money to pay for things. So even the $3.4 trillion that's expended, the amount of money that's paid by insurance companies is not even all coming from the people. A lot of it's coming from their investments. Oh, man. We need a Bernie Sanders supporter on the show right now. I need him. I need Bernie on this show. I need to talk to him about something. I need people to actually interview him. We do. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about some kind of, well, I was going to go over this, but we're well over an hour right now. We went over our fuzzy math. We went over that wonderful country. We got one more, and this is one more Bernie thing. And this has to do with just how hateful his supporters are. 
He's been catching some flack for that. Bloomberg ran an ad that ran an ad that was pretty funny, showing screenshots of tweets and posts and things like that from Bernie Sanders supporters. Of course, you had the staffer, the volunteer uh, that was connected to the Bernie campaign that was caught by Project Veritas talking about how we needed to send people to gulags and re-education camps. Uh, so, yeah, th- there's an issue with his supporters being filled with hate. So he's he's got to say something about that now. We have over 10.6 million people on Twitter, and 99.9% of them are decent human beings, are working people, are people who believe in justice, compassion, and love. And if there are a few people who make ugly remarks, who attack trade union leaders, I disown those people. They are not part of our movement. But let me also say what I hope my friends up here will agree with, is that if you look at the Wild West of the Internet, talk to some of the African-American women on my campaign, talk to Senator Nina Turner, talk to others and find the vicious, racist, sexist attacks that are coming their way as well. So I would hope that all of us understand that we should do everything we possibly can to end the viciousness and ugliness on the internet. Our campaign is about issues. It's about fighting for the working families and the middle class. It is not about vicious attacks on other people. False. (laughs) You're right. When you paint an entire portion of your society as murderers because of their pursuit of profit that are literally causing people to die out of their sheer greed and evil... You are going to get a portion of your followers who will think very hateful and terrible things about those people. What do you expect? What do you expect when you tell me that Jeff Bezos is causing people to die? Literally causing people to die. That healthcare companies and their CEOs are literally killing people. His rhetoric is directly enabling the resentment, the hatefulness. The ugliness. What other words did he use? I don't know. The vitriolic. Yeah. Vicious attacks. Vicious attacks. Yeah. It's his rhetoric. Yeah. That does all of that. Now, look, if you can go up there and say that Donald Trump's rhetoric leads to racism and you believe that, then you also must believe your own rhetoric, Mr. Sanders, BS. <laughs> your rhetoric, rhetoric directly leads to this these hateful attacks. Now, Charlie... I know that he's got a lot of supporters saying bad things, but look at the racists on the internet, Charlie. That's what he said. He did. Listen. Talk to these other people. My my people aren't as bad. Yeah, look at other. Look, there's other people also yeah. that are bad. That's not an excuse. There's what did he ter- do? He denied, and then he like said, well, if there is any, it's a very small portion, and then look over here. Yeah, but look over here. Look over here. Now, listen. There's vicious racism on the internet. We've encountered it, not against us, but we've actually, you know what, that I have actually encountered it before when we, when we did some other videos in the past. Um, but uh, you can't be racist towards white people, so I misspoke right there. But listen, it exists out there. I've unfollowed several people. We have removed people from our Facebook page for saying terrible things. He is correct. There is terrible, terrible, vicious racism out there. People who still think this way and people who do say really terrible things. 
But that is not an excuse for you pushing the rhetoric that also causes other people to say terrible things. It's not an excuse whatsoever. This is just, hey, hey, look over there. Don't look at me. Well, I don't want to talk about that. Look at look at these other people. Look at what Trump is doing. Okay, he's causing people to be more racist. Look at that. Yeah, it's just, okay, so what's your point? Therefore, it's okay to just keep a cycle going where everyone is super hateful all the time. That's not an excuse whatsoever. It's, rid- it's ridiculous. It's crazy. You just ask yourself, when you're, tell- when you're, t- when you're telling me, are you trying to tell me that these big corporations have literally got us to a point where the world is going to be past saving and our children are going to die because of climate change and millions of people are going to die because of their greed and their pursuit of profit that when someone in my family can't afford their medical bills that that's because of capitalism and that someone in my family might die because of these people what type of emotion what type of response do you expect that to garner after that what do you expect you think when people meet jeff bezos they're nice to him now you think if any of his supporters meet jeff bezos no that they're going to be friendly towards him no they probably throw a milkshake at him right you know i i saw this one thread that kind of went viral this was back in 2016 when the last debates were heated right and there was this couple who had posted one was a democrat and one uh was a republican and they said hey we're married and we're a couple and we disagree on some political views i vote democrat my husband votes uh republican and we still love each other we get along we have great conversations this is what america needs we need to unite on our togetherness and have civil disagreements and that thread didn't go viral because of how great of a message that was no it went viral because somebody reposted that and said there's no way that you can associate yourself or be married to a Republican because Republicans stand for racism, misogyny, hate, and they're literally killing Mexicans and all these other people. And that, that ideology right there, when the person you have disagreements with, you truly believe that they're the people actually killing and harming other people, not just have slight disagreements with you, but their disagreements are so severe that it leads to policies that actually harm and kill people. What kind of response do you expect? I don't know what else you would. I don't know what else you would expect. I don't know. If I knew if I had the evidence that somebody was threatening my family and it wasn't like what they believed in and everything that they did threatened my family, then I wouldn't be nice to him. I wouldn't at all. This is what you get. Explicit. That's what you get. Slit their throats. Slash their throats. All the Republicans. All of them. That's that's what you get mm-hmm. when you get when you say the things that Charlie was talking about right there. I don't know what else you expect. You know, when we were at Politicon and we had these Bernie followers come up and they were grilling me because we had a sign that said BernieLies.com at our table and they were just, their faces were red, their heart rates were up. They were, they were very upset when they came to the table. I first started with everything that I could possibly think of 
that I agreed with Bernie Sanders on. That is how I started the conversation. I said he lies about a lot of things. I can name off all kinds of stuff, but first, let me tell you, we both want the same things. Healthcare is too expensive. People need an easier way about rising up in life. We've got people uh, need we, higher we, paying jobs. We need a clean environment. We want. We don't want to destroy the earth. We, the environment does need to be clean. We agree on that criminal justice reform. I don't like cash bail. I don't like these things. Let me talk to you about every single thing that I disagree with, that I agree with Bernie Sanders on. And that's what we talked about for the first few minutes. And I made sure that they understood that we were on the same page as far as agreeing that all of these things were actually problems, that they were things that we needed to do something about. And then I completely destroyed them. (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't do that. I did, I did a good job, though. But uh, It's the I, solutions. No, and then we so, talked about this yesterday. Yeah. The solution is a bad solution. All of them yeah. that he has. I can't think of one solution Bernie's uh, promoted that's been good. I, I, the only thing we've, we've posted, <laughs> I have actually posted and done a video on something that we agree with Bernie Sanders on. Now, listen, I, I realize this is not going great in New York. I'm not saying it's got the best, the best outcome overall. But what I am saying is cash bail laws. I do not think that if you are arrested for a crime, if two people are arrested for a crime, the same crime, that the one who has money or the availability to get money to pay for their bail should be let out of jail. And the one who doesn't have that ability to pay for their bail should be kept in jail. That's not a principled stance right there. Either they should both be kept in jail and there should be no bail or there shouldn't be any bail whatsoever. That way they can both be out because you are innocent until proven guilty and you've not been proven guilty of a crime. Therefore, if it wasn't uh, directly harming someone, if it wasn't doing something like that, if you have not been proven guilty of a crime, I do not see any way that I can make an argument for keeping someone in a cage with the government i can't i can't make that type of argument i realize the crime has gone up in new york since they enacted that since they took away the cash bail it it has it's gone up and it makes sense it makes a lot of i mean if you're keeping all kinds of people in jail then therefore you will in fact have less crime during that time if you are if you're keeping those criminals in jail you will have less crime okay but I cannot put everyone in jail. You have the least amount of put crime. everyone in jail. Once again, there's our solution. Put everyone yeah. in a prison camp, maybe a nice summer camp like Bernie Sanders had or like Rob Bogoyevich had that he was staying in for a few years, something like that. But I cannot make a rational, principled, libertarian, liberty minded, you own yourself argument for you being kept in a jail cell without being found guilty of a crime in court simply because you didn't have the money to pay the government for them to let you out. I can't do that. So I've done videos agreeing with Bernie on that. And I I told them about that. So, you know, that's one thing. Find that thing. Find it. Find something. Yeah, this this was terrible when they when this company um, got some type of a regulation passed where they could control the market and, and they could raise all their prices. And that was greedy and not free market for them to do that. And that, and that was terrible. But hey, listen, that's not, that's not the free market. That's not what that is. That is government control over everyone and people with money being able to buy that control. That's what that actually is. 
you remove the control, you remove that corruption. You don't need an anti-corruption bill to take care of that. Okay? So that's what you guys need to do when you're talking to people. You need to list out and spend the first little bit talking about every single thing that you agree with. And I bet you're going to find a lot of stuff. You're going to agree with a lot of the same problems. A lot of them. So talk about those problems. Talk about how terrible they are. Talk about how terrible it is that people get some kind of health care bill and, and they have to file bankruptcy or they end up not being able to get treatment or some kind of a surgery or something like that because there's no way they could ever afford to pay for it. Talk about how terrible that is. You both agree on it. Talk about it. And then say, well, okay, there's your solution. Oh, this is what I think would be a better solution for that problem. Here's, you know, I know that that's your solution and I understand that you're coming to that solution because you care about other people and you want to help as many people as possible. But here's why I honestly, as a human being, I do not think that that will work. I don't think that has any chance of actually helping. This is what I think we should actually do to help this problem. I'm not a terrible person. We, we just, I, I can't get behind what your solution is because I don't think it would actually help people and I want to help people. There you go. You just made yourself a BS bro fan right there. A friend. <laughs> okay? Don't call him BS while you're talking to him, by the way. I tried it. It's not good. Yeah. Okay? You might even get him to sign up for a free gun. And we did. <laughs> we got a lot of people to sign up for a free gun That's when we right. were at Politicon. That's if you guys right. ever want to collect email addresses, um, offer people a free gun. That's the, that's the way to do it, okay? That is. The okay. guy came up to me and asked if we were going to feel responsible if someone used that gun to shoot someone. I said, no, I'm not. If I gave away a car and someone got in a wreck and someone died, I wouldn't feel responsible for that either. Right. So, no. Especially if they were drinking and driving. I wouldn't it, be responsible for everyone, any of that. Everyone makes their own decisions in life. I'm not responsible for other people's shortcomings. I'm just not. So, hey, guys, are you good on that today? You yeah. Good? Okay, I love cool. It. Listen. We didn't really get to Bloomberg being called out, but. Oh, yeah. Well, we mentioned it a few times, yeah. all the, the NDAs and all that stuff. But I think he's hurting. I don't think he's, I don't think he'll make it. Charlie says he is. Both of us will type out our words and eat them depending on which one is wrong. Well, who's your pick then? My pick? Yes. I made a uh, pick. I don't have a pick. I made a pick and I'm not backpedaling. I'd, make a pick um, right now tyranny make a pick <laughs> i can't make one. Oh, shoot make a pick bernie you think bernie's gonna be the democratic nominee after last night after seeing Woo. after seeing bloomberg completely fail like that oh no i don't think Buttigieg has it i think bloomberg's gonna pull votes away from him and I think that Bernie will have it, especially all that needs to happen for Bernie Sanders to win the nomination is for Elizabeth Warren to drop out. That's all that needs to happen. I don't think the DNC is going to allow it. I know. I said that a few what days ago. What happens if he I actually wins it? And what is, what is the DNC going to do? I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. But right now, after last night, I can't see a more clear front runner so if i if i'm forced to pick one by my employer at this time then that's who i have to pick that that's that's what i'll say right if i were if i were a betting man um which i am sometimes then i would have to put money on bernie winning the nomination and then trump just completely destroying him in the actual general election because of all those things we talked about the unions already have all the things that they want they're already inside of their little mini tyrannical government over there. They don't need a new one. So the, they're going to they're gonna be just fine. 
But yeah, guys, one thing we're doing, just so you guys know, every single day of the week, I day trade. I get into the office at about 7.45 a.m. I come over to the Charlies. I start looking to the stock market. I've been doing that for quite some time now. I spent years back testing the stock market uh, with, a, with a friend of mine that I was in a band with and owned another business with, flipping houses. And while we were doing that, we were learning the stock market so we could have that skill. And so... We did that, started trading. I've been trading for a couple of years now consistently. Well, more than that now, actually. So several years worth of backtesting and trading. And let me tell you what, looking at stock charts, reading all this stuff, trying to make decisions, it's become second nature to me. It's as easy as picking out stupid things that Bernie Sanders says. Okay, that, that's how easy it's become looking, looking at these charts. I really think that it's important that you learn as many skills as possible. And you might not decide that you want to become a day trader for the rest of your life. You might get into it and decide that it's not for you, that you don't like it. But we are offering this class. And if you take the class and you like it, let me tell you what, there is a lot of upside potential. Let's stop talking about all these people that are wealthy and how much wealth all these people have and how much Jeff Bezos makes when the stock market goes up. And let's learn how to be one of those people in the stock market when it's going up. Okay, that, that's the actual answer here. So I trade every single morning. We're going to be doing a class. There'll be several different tier options for it. You can take the entire course where you learn everything about trading. You can watch all the videos. You can watch me do my pre-market check live. You can also actually watch me trade live with sound. I'll be talking about what I'm about to trade. Now, I cannot tell you to take those trades because I am not going to be liable if that trade ends up going poorly. And I actually have to put a disclaimer on there saying that I am not telling you to take this trade. That's an SEC law. So we'll have to put that on there. But listen, I've been doing it consistently now for a long time. Know a lot about the market, and it is a great way to earn a side income. It's a great way to earn a full living if you want to. There are a lot of people who make an amazing living, hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars a year, just from a couple hours a day in the market. And it's all because they learned everything they could. They were willing to risk money. They were willing to lose money in the pursuit, like it was an investment, of a bigger life. And if you can handle the risk, you can risk as little as you want, by the way. You can buy a share. You can buy one share of something if you want to and be learning how to day trade because at that time, all you're doing is punching in the number of shares and your strategy will not change. So you can buy one share for a while and get really good at it, not have to risk really anything at all, but you can be testing that strategy. And then once you're really good, you see you've been 80, 85% right about all of your picks and here's how it went and here's how many cents or dollars you made per share. Well then, instead of buying one share, you just get 500 of them, get 1,000 of them. Nothing changes. Nothing changes at all, except for you put in a different number in the order platform, that's it. So we're gonna do this class, the Liberty Trading Academy. We're gonna be doing this, it's gonna have videos on every single thing that you're gonna need in the market. It's gonna have live Q and A's. It's gonna have all kinds of stuff. You send me an email, you've got two more days. Friday, this cuts off. You got two more days to get in on the early bird special, which is a 20% discount on the monthly subscription to the course, which is going to be $47 per month. That is the cheapest on the market by far. And the reason we're doing that is because we've already got all this live equipment. We've already got all this stuff set up for doing it. I'm already sitting here trading every single day. I love talking about this stuff. 
So I don't have to charge you $5,000 a month or anything like that. I just charge a little bit for my time putting together the videos. And uh, that's it. It's $47 a month. You get a 20% discount if you send us an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. When you sign up for the class after it starts, you get your first week free trial anyway. So if you get in, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. I don't think I'm going to be doing this. I really am second guessing having a good future. Well, you can actually bail out, not, not even pay any money at all. So guys, if you want to, if you want to actually take a, take a chance, take an investment, take a risk, you got to take a risk if you're ever going to have a reward or you're never going to be one of these people that we're talking about every single day. You got to take a risk. So send me an email at nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Put the subject line early bird special in that. Just like they've always said, a penny saved is an early worm. That's that's, that's how it goes. And not only that, Nate, yeah. which is a great philo- uh, philosophical Canadian statement, I believe. Yeah, it was a South Korean, <clears throat> I thought. But, uh, um, from, a, from a long, long time ago, yeah, probably yeah. from an old, old wooden ship. Yeah. Came, but uh, yeah. Captain, what's his name? I can't remember right now. Hook, I but, think is what it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. If you go back there, somewhere around that time period, that's where that came from. And it's held true this whole time. Up until 2020, we're still saying that same. But not only that, I want to say you're going to get all of this, which is there's nothing like it out there. So it's it, first of all, it's unbelievable. Two, it's not only about taking risk in your life. It's also about honing in your own personal responsibility, being responsible for your finances, being responsible for what you actually truly believe in, which is taking control of your wealth. And what we do here is you can work a side job and learn the beginnings of trading. You can, you can take these strategies that we're going to teach you and you can go full time with it, whatever, whatever your investment level is, it doesn't matter you can get started for a very low amount of money in this. And you can also put as much money as you want into it. It all depends on your risk level, but also taking that responsibility. You have to take that responsibility for yourself to where it doesn't matter what happens in the market. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter. You're always going to be taken care of because you understand some very basic principles and strategies about trading. It's one of the most important things that you can learn in your life. And you just, it, it, it totally translate to, it translates to the rest of your life anyway. Even if you learn all of this, you learn how to take risk. You learn how to all the proper risk management. You learn how to be in the moment to make good decisions, not based on emotions. You learn how to stick to your discipline. Even if that's what you gain from this class, which is not all you're going to gain, you're going to gain a lot more than that. And you decide that trading is not for you. Those skills, let me tell you what, they are very important in any other endeavor that you're going to take in life. You can learn a lot from trading, about personal responsibility, managing your emotional decision-making, all kinds of things, discipline, all this stuff you're going to learn from this course, okay? It's not just about trading. That's what we're going to use is trading, obviously, but the philosophy and the psychology that goes behind it is way deeper than trading. You're learning you're learning life. Life is a stock chart. Now you look at stock charts for years, like I have, you realize that life, everything that happens everywhere can be put on a stock chart all the time. And you got to learn how to manage that thing. You got to learn how to manage your emotions. Okay. That's what this is. And you can start right now by investing in yourself. Like Nate said, send him an email. That's Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us, not.com dot us. And send him an email and be, uh, don't lose money here. 
Because those of you procrastinating, thinking, oh, maybe I should do it, you're going to have access to the course, but you're not going to get the discount. So <laughs> sign up, send Nate an email, uh, nate at goodmorningliberty.us, and get in on that early bird. The other thing you guys can do to help support this show is go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty patreon.com slash good morning liberty we do bonus episodes we've got bonus interviews we've got all kinds of awesome content on there we can even if you run your own business you can even do a podcast ad on there we've got the level for that it's a hundred bucks a month but it starts as low as five dollars a month so there's all kinds of tiers on there we'll send you some some swag which is which is what they used to call a merch item you know t-shirts but we'll send you a swag bag it's stuff we all get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's that's just a thank you from us. And then the other things I want you guys to do, this is all free. If you're sitting there on your beanbag naked eating Cheetos, <laughs> listening to this podcast, and you're like, I don't want to do. Send Charlie a picture at charlie at no, goodmorningliberty.us. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. No. If you're sitting there, though, and you're like, I don't want to do any of this, but, you, but you're like, I'd still enjoy this show. Well, the best thing to do is to share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. So if you guys enjoyed this, we would appreciate it very much if you share it with a friend, share it with an enemy, and leave us a rating and review. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back again. We won't be back tomorrow, actually. We'll release something. We're going to release an episode, but Nate's going to be out of town. Yeah. So um, we'll be back, actually. Why, why would that matter? You're the host. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.